Hello, I'm Kristen Pleasanton, Deputy Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. With me in the studio is Lois Stair, Associate Curator of Education, and Liz Farrell, Public Relations Manager at Winneter Museum Garden and Library. Welcome to Delaware State of the Arts. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, I'd like to um, start off, Liz, with you giving sort of an overview of Winnetour and what's sort of happening there and, and what a visitor can expect to see when they visit. Uh, well, Kristen, Winnetour Museum Garden and Library is a truly spectacular 1,000-acre uh, country estate that was home to three generations of the DuPont family, including uh, founder Henry Francis DuPont. He opened it to the public in 1951 and turned it into this exquisite uh, place that we know today that includes a 175-room uh, museum that houses really the premier collection of American decorative arts in the world. And, um, you know, set amidst this 1,000-acre uh, estate is a 60-acre naturalistic garden. Um, that is the oldest of its kind in North America and is considered one of the finest. And within that is the three-acre uh, Enchanted Woods, which is a very magical children's mm -hmm. garden. And I'm delighted that Lois is here today because she'll be able to talk about some of the really innovative, exciting, uh, even magical programming that she has developed for uh, children and families, uh, some of it taking place in Enchanted Woods uh, and elsewhere. But that's just an incredible place, very unique. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have a research library, and that serves as an international uh, you know, repository of the American decorative arts for a wide range of academic uh, audiences as well as the public. And this is really designed for the uh, study of American art and culture. Winterthur also has two on-site graduate programs, as, as if all this were not enough. <laughs> um, we have the Winterthur Program in American Material Culture that was founded in 1952 by Henry Francis DuPont, and the Winterthur University of Delaware Program in Art Conservation, and that was founded in 1974. Uh, we also have exhibition galleries. We have some standing exhibitions uh, on the first floor, and on the second floor uh, are where our rotating exhibitions are, and they usually run for almost a year. And right now, we are featuring a major blockbuster exhibition, <laughs> um, Treasures on Trial, The Art and Science of Detecting Fakes. And that was created by uh, Linda Eaton, our uh, you know curator, director of collections, and a senior curator of textiles. She's the John L. and Marjorie P. Uh, director of collections, um, along with uh, an outside uh, co-curator, Colette Lowell who is the president and founder of Art Fraud Insights in Washington, D.C., and she does some amazing work as well, working with the FBI and internationally solving these art, you know, cases, and, um, you know, she's been featured recently on the BBC, and she has just been a delight to work with as well, and so a lot of the pieces in the exhibition are from places like the FBI that you will never see again, and they're absolutely fascinating. So, um, in addition to the exhibition, we have a whole host of, of new garden programs, garden walks. We have a wellness program that includes yoga and meditation. We want everyone to get outdoors. The weather is beautiful. Come to Winnetour. We have 10 miles of, of paved trails and walking paths, and you can just lose yourself at Winnetour. So, um, as, as a top-line view, um, you know, I'll sort of maybe segue with that, and if you want, we can get into some detail about some of the, some of the programs and when they'll be, but I would encourage everyone, check the Winterthur website, 
winterter.org uh, for the most up-to-date information on programming, times, um, and new uh, highlights and features. So we're adding programming all the time. We're adding concerts, lecture series. We have a new Friday night, uh, Winterter After Hours. That's very exciting. Features live music. So please check our website. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I do agree. I mean, Winterter is for anyone. Um, at children, and they have the gardens, they have programming, they have something for the serious scholar or just the, the person who might have just a, a slight interest in decorative arts. And when they come, they their eyes are opened, I think. So, yes. Yeah, so it's a, it's a wonderful place to visit. And um, any time of the year, I think, too, outside, for most of the months, there's something new to see that's in bloom or, or happening outside as well. Absolutely, and that's a wonderful point, Kristen, because the garden was designed by Mr. DuPont to be a succession of bloom. So really all year, um, no matter where you go in the garden, uh, you're going to see some beautiful blooms uh, in May, really, and, you know, uh, June, and, you know, even getting into the early summer, Azalea Woods, which is uh, eight acres within the 60-acre uh, naturalistic garden, there is just a, I mean, a spectacular uh, showcase of color with mm -hmm. our azaleas. Mm -hmm. I mean, pinks and <laughs> salmons and all kinds of hues, uh, you know, white and um, there's orange or like this orange color. So I encourage everyone to come into Azalea Woods uh, mm -hmm. this time of year because it is, it's unbelievable. You won't believe the colors. And uh, yes, yeah, so no matter when you come, you will see something amazing. Now we are closed to the public uh, January and February every year. Mm -hmm. We are open to members though. Um, 12 months of the year, seven days a week, from dawn till dusk. So even when okay. we might be closed to the public uh, for those two months in which we're taking down exhibitions and building new ones and making, you know, improvements on the site and whatnot, it's a hub of activity for the staff getting ready for the opening on March 1. Um, but <clears throat> during those times, if you're a member, uh, you know, the memberships are very uh, affordable and it gives you access to everything the exhibitions the programming the lectures uh, many of the concerts uh, for uh, maybe you know sixty eighty five dollars for a family mm -hmm. um, and discounts for seniors and students so please go to our website and check it out sounds great I can also personally recommend the brunch and there are some wonderful eating yes. opportunities at Winnetor <laughs> well. on-site restaurants <laughs> excellent food thank you uh, one of the um, newest recently published um, items that Winnetor has produced and Lois has um, written is a book called ABC, a Winnetor book for children. And um, Lois, can you talk a little bit about um, this book and how it came about? Sure. So this book kind of derived from an exhibition that I curated in 2007 called K is for Kids. Um, so that was the initial impetus. Um, I worked on that project while an intern in the curatorial oh, office. Okay. Um, it was a great opportunity. It really gave me an opportunity to kind of look at the collection um, in new ways and think about um, how to teach children literacy skills um, through objects. And so I worked with a group of teachers to kind of select objects um, that we could use in compelling rhymes um, as a way of sort of learning language. And that also emphasized um, different vowel sounds or things that um, teachers felt were important for kids to learn. Um, 
The book kind of deviated from that exhibition a little bit when it um, was initiated last January. Um, I was approached by the Winnetar editor who remembered um, working with me on the label copy for K is for Kids and thought it would make a great um, book to sell in our store. Mm -hmm. um, so she and I, um, you know, kind of talked over what objects from the exhibition would work in a 2D format because they are, you know, very different. And um, I spent a couple, the first few months of last year, kind of sifting through our museum and library collections for mm -hmm. um, replacement objects for the things that we either didn't have um, great photography for or seemed sort of less compelling when you looked at just a flat image. Um, so that was really fun to kind of browse um, <laughs> the collection. Um, I spent a lot of time um, when I was at home kind of looking at the online database, um, which was an amazing resource um, for that kind of thing. Um, and I also spent a lot of time in our library um, going through the trade card collections of all things, which have really interesting images of objects. Um, so that was the most fun part of the process. <laughs> um, I wrote a lot of rhymes, um, a lot of which didn't make it into the book. And ultimately, it was sort of a decision-making process with me and the editor sort of saying, well, this is more compelling than this image. Mm -hmm. This rhyme, you know, kind of works a little better. Um, there was definitely some backing and forthing, but ultimately, uh -huh. um, it turned out great, I think. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. So let's describe the book, too, for for someone who's listening. Um, so the alphabet book um, basically features 26 objects from the museum and library collections. Um, and they range from everything from, or range um, from objects like a um, embroidered panel um, featuring sort of cartoonish looking birds and people and trees to, um, to tea sets or teapots um, that are kind of crafted to look like little people sitting in chairs holding up an arm, which is the spout. Mm -hmm. um, we've got sideboards. We've got, um, oh my goodness, paintings. It's, it's all there. Okay. Um, Any particular favorites that that you really um, are, are so happy they ended up in the book? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I was really excited about was um, the object that I chose for the letter K, which is um, simply a plate, an early 18th century plate showing um, the monarch's um, William and Mary. And I was excited to use that object because I'm a graduate of William and Mary. Um, and so it was kind of fun to throw that in there. But the letter K was very hard to find something for. I looked at kitchens, I looked at kites, I looked at all kinds of K objects. And this one was sort of the most whimsical. Um, so that was one of my favorites. And if you'd like, I'd, I'll read the rhyme for you really quick. Um, so the rhyme says, um, K is for king. In this scene stand queen and king, both decked out in royal bling. To regal robes <laughs> and curly hair, their sparkly crowns add extra flair. Fun. Um, yeah, that was fun. I was also a little bit um, amused by the fact that I could get a buy with using the word bling yeah. um, in a Winnetar book. I don't think that happens terribly often. And I think it's a nice modern word, too, for kids today. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like this book sort of follows in a tradition of ABC mm -hmm. books that um, probably Winterture has a collection of um, somewhere in there. We do have a collection of alphabet books and I, I 
consulted them um, very heavily when I was putting the exhibition together, less so when working on the book. Um, but I did look at several when I got stuck on um, <laughs> particular letters. What's funny, though, is they weren't quite as helpful as they could have been because the vocabulary um, that was used in the 19th century mm -hmm. was so different than what kids are familiar with now. Right. Um, and so I can't think of any particular examples at the moment, but, um, you know, a lot of things I was looking at letters and I was like, I'm not sure that anybody knows what this is. Um, and I don't know that we have one in the museum either. So um, in the end, I was relying primarily on um, stuff, you know, museum and mm -hmm. library stuff. Great. Well, um, I'd like to take a minute um, at this point to remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today I'm talking with Lois Stair, Associate Curator of Education, and Liz Farrell, Public Relations Manager at Winneter Museum, Garden, and Library. Uh, the topic that we're on right now is the new book called ABC, A Winneter Book for Children. And Lois is the author and creator of this book. Um, we were talking about some of her favorite um, objects that ended up in there. Is there anything else, another passage that you might want to share with us? Um, sure. Um, so I described kind of at the beginning the cruel work panel that I've used for the letter B, um, birds and berries. And I just, this um, object appeals to me because it's so colorful um, and just just really whimsical is the word I would use. I think I've said that a couple times already. But the rhyme is, um, a bunch of birds fly low and high on the ground and in the sky. A few have found a cherry tree. What other creatures do you see? And one of the things I um, attempted to do with the rhymes in the book is to really encourage kind of close looking at mm -hmm. objects. Um, you know, starting a conversation between parents and children about what they're looking at, um, seeing things a little differently. Mm -hmm. And you said you worked with some educators to sort of um, give you some um, feedback on some of the rhymes and some of the content? Yes, um, more so with the exhibition, but a lot of that has translated into the book. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And I think um, it's a book, I mean, it's, it's for kids, but I think adults as well, because the pictures are so gorgeous yes. and the items um, in it are really fascinating. So I think it's kind of a, a, a book that anyone could enjoy. Absolutely. In fact, I've had, I've given it to a number of adults, <laughs> all of whom who have said, oh, this, you know, it looks great on my coffee, ta coffee table and I learned a lot from it. So I think um, that's, that's a success story there. Uh, so um, are there any of the objects that you see that you put into the book or any on display right now if someone went to win a tour by any chance? Um, unfortunately, I think most of them are on display um, in other areas of the museum that are not accessible to okay. families. Um, but, you know, you could see a sideboard mm -hmm. on our introductory mm -hmm. tour for sure. Um, but... Yes, I think most of them are kind of in storage. Okay. Mm. But you never know what's going to come out into an exhibit. Absolutely. Either. Absolutely. Or maybe you do, since you're <laughs> one of the curators. <laughs> so let's talk about your role as um, in the education department. Sure. And, and the things that you work on at Winnetor. 
So my job at Winnetur kind of encompasses um, supervision of school and family programs. Um, we offer 22 programs for children in preschool through 12th grade, wow. just for schools. About half of them take place at the museum. The other half travel to classrooms throughout the Brandywine Valley. Um, so we serve about 4,000 students per year. I'd love to have more um, <laughs> come. But all of our programs are very hands-on um, and are taught in small groups. Um, with family programs, we have an amazing array of family programs um, for toddlers on up, basically. And again, we sort of emphasize the hands-on component. I was just talking with an intern yesterday who was sort of asking me about our use of technology in educational programs. And my response to her was a little bit surprising, she thought, in that, you know, technology is so ubiquitous now. I sort of feel like it's our role to help kids develop the skills they they don't get. Um, so, you know, helping them learn how to use scissors and teaching them how to learn through objects, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important because there's real life out there too, besides the, the digital world. Mm -hmm. And I think um, as one of the, the things that happens at Winninger and that you promote there is, is learning about yesterday, today, and even the future through an object, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so one of the things um, that I think is really important is connecting people to each other, right, through objects. And since the 1970s, there's been sort of this discussion about museums as a temple or a forum. Um, you know, are museums shrines to objects or are there places that people can come together and get a better sense of themselves um, and their relationship with other people? And I definitely fall in the museums or forums um, mm -hmm. tent. And so um, I think that, you know, thinking about the future, we are raising new museum audiences by educating children um, mm -hmm. and teaching them to love them, you know, to love museums from their very earliest days. Um, this is a little bit of an aside, but I was talking with some, um, you know, tween girls earlier this week, and I found out that most of them had never been to an art museum. Um, mm -hmm. And they love art, and they're so interested in that, but it's heartbreaking that they haven't had that opportunity. Right, um, right. So we need to make those make those experiences accessible to, yes, to people. Definitely. I think the best field trips that my kids go on through school are to different museums mm -hmm. um, or performing um, venues. Absolutely. Well, just exposure to the arts in general. Absolutely. Um, so uh, beyond the work with children, um, mm -hmm. are you doing anything specifically with um, aging adults or adult Groups. Absolutely. So we offer a wonderful program called Historical Journeys, um, which is um, intended for people in the early stages of dementia and their caregivers. And this is another way of sort of um, reaching the whole person, right? Inviting the whole person to experience what we offer. And it's simply an opportunity for people to come, have an enjoyable experience, relate to each other um, through objects, um, maybe talking about some of the memories associated with those, um, and then enjoying kind of a simple art or craft project um, together. Um, that program takes place the second Tuesday of every month, mm -hmm. um, but we are happy to kind of offer it when people are interested. We have a great partnership with the Alzheimer's Association um, who handles the reservations for historical historical journeys. Um, and, you know, we can certainly provide more information about any of that stuff. That sounds fantastic because as you 
probably know as, as well, the aging population is our fastest growing segment. Absolutely. And the more programs and um, activities that can promote healthier adults and healthy aging, um, and that's what um, we're interested in as well at the Division of the Arts, and, mm -hmm. and wonderful to hear that Winneter is a part of that too. Yes. Um, so is there anything else upcoming that we should know about at Winnetour that, um, that is going to be um, happening there in the next month or so? Uh, well, let's see. One thing I would like to note is that the Spring House Tour is uh, featuring the fifth and sixth floors uh, with spring enhancements and some items placed out to coincide with the Treasures on Trial exhibition. So items okay. that have quote-unquote issues. Ah. So it's a mystery. So please come <laughs> and go on that tour. And Lois has the phenomenal uh, Enchanted Summer Day. Is it June 16th? Yes, I believe so. And this draws, what, over a thousand yes. people every year. And it grows every year. Wow. It's held in Enchanted Woods. That is a big day. A lot of fun. What are some of the things that are going to be going on there? You have face painting? And so some of the things, yes. Maple. Face painting, maple dancing. And we've got a great band that comes every year they have kind of their own following now I think they let kids sort of look at their instruments and that kind of stuff and um, we have a wonderful magician who's a lot of fun an excellent storyteller um, and then it's just a great day for families to picnic um, we've got m several crafts set up so it's just kind of a very low-key fun event um, there's nothing that happens at sort of a particular time um, you don't have to stress about getting there you know as soon as it opens it's just kind of come and go as you please we're gonna have you know food this year um lots of lots of great stuff great yeah that sounds great and that's the um the wonderful setting of the enchanted garden which is is great and i think sometimes nothing else has to go on even except being in that garden absolutely. for a fantastic opportunity and, and a fun day for families so so true absolutely um I, if i could i'd also like just to sure. note that on um May 19 at 1 p.m. Uh, as part of our documentary film series for Treasures on Trial, uh, we will have a special uh, taking a look at the story behind one of the most prolific art forgers in U.S. history, Mark Landis. And there will be a Q&A following uh, that. And actually, uh, Mr. Landis will be here for this session. So we're very excited about that. If you want to wow. hear it uh, sort of, you know, right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for people. Again, that's May 19 at 1 o'clock. Um, and then in June, on June 16, as part of that film series, uh, we'll have a BBC documentary from 1970, uh, Elmer Dahori, The True Picture. And so he was very famous. Um, you know, he was a master forger of Matisse, uh, Picasso, uh, Renoir's, and others. So uh, just some amazing, I think, uh, programming. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, we've come to the end of our time today. Um, and I'd really like to thank Lois Stair and Liz Farrell for, of Winneter for joining me today. Thanks so much for talking. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you very much.